Welcome to Sermons That Will Knock Your Socks Off by Bill Lytell, Senior Pastor of Gospel Baptist Church in Bonita Springs, Florida. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to the 18th Psalm. Psalm 18. I want to look at a few verses in the 18th Psalm. Again, be in prayer for our pastor that God would raise him back up according to his will. I think most of you know that I practice medicine through the week. And it was interesting, a few weeks ago I had three patients in the waiting room. One had chest pain with any motion, with any exertion whatsoever. He had underlying heart disease. And if he would just walk a few feet, he would have chest pain. Had another individual that had emphysema or COPD and was on supplemental oxygen and he would just walk a few feet and be extremely short of breath. Then I had a third patient in the office that had excruciating back pain. And basically, just walking a few feet, he would have severe back pain, couldn't really do anything. And then lo and behold, come into my waiting room, a divine healer. Not me, but a divine healer. And went over to the individual that had underlying heart disease, chest pain with any motion, any movement, basically. Touched the man. The man was healed. No chest pain. He could got up, walked around the waiting room, ran down the hallway, no chest pain left, free of heart disease. He went to the second patient that had COPD, emphysema, shortness of breath with any motion, basically. Touched him. Guy took his oxygen off, walked around, no shortness of breath, ran down the hallway, no shortness of breath. He's healed, he leaves, he's all fine. And then the guy comes and he's approaching the individual with extreme, excruciating back pain and starts to reach out to touch him. And the patient goes, oh, no, don't touch me. And the divine healer says, why not? He says, because I'm workman's comp. No offense to anyone that has a sincere workman's comp uh, uh, issue, but as medical professionals, we enjoy our workman's comp uh, things. But in Psalm 18, I want to talk to you about verse 30 through 32, verses 30 through 32, in regards to God's way is perfect. God's way is perfect. It says in Psalm 18, verse 30, 31, and 32, As for God, His way is perfect. It's complete. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in Him. For who is God save the Lord? And as you look at that word Lord, it's all capital letters, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, uh, which stands for Jehovah or Jehovah Jesus, for who is our God, save the Lord, save Jehovah, save Jesus, or who is a rock, save our God. It is God that girdeth me with strength, and I want to correlate, bring into, uh, connect here, what says in verse 30, that God's way is perfect, and in verse 32, the last statement, and maketh my way perfect, maketh my way complete, uh, maketh my way mature or glorifying to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
That's kind of where I want to concentrate on this morning, and I pray help and bless all of us. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we again come to you in the name of Jesus, asking you through your Holy Spirit to meet with us this morning. I pray that you would maximize the message and minimize the messenger this morning. Father, all of us, regardless if we consciously realize it or not, we are all in desperate need of help from you. And Father, I believe through the preaching of your word and the convicting power of your Holy Spirit that you can meet every need this morning. So I pray that again you would meet with us, guide us, direct us. May your will be accomplished. And Father, again, I know it's been already mentioned in prayer, but it is truly the heartbeat of you and the heartbeat of this ministry that if anybody is uncertain about their relationship with Jesus Christ, may today they realize they're a sinner and come to Jesus as their Savior. So Father, meet with us again. Watch over us. Bless us. Favor us. Draw all of us, I pray, closer to you. For we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. You know, you think about it, God's way, as it says in verse 30, God's way is perfect. God makes no mistakes. Across the board, in every aspect of my life, in every aspect of your life, in every aspect of your family, in every aspect of your ministry, and even in the nation that we live in, and in the world today, God has never made a mistake. God is not making a mistake, and God will never make a mistake. God is always true and righteous. He's just, and he will never make a mistake. I've told the Sunday school class this before, but I remember one of the lectures in medical school, one of the doctors that was, that was lecturing to us said there's one word that you never want to utter as a doctor, and then he said that word, and that's oops. He says when you're cutting on someone and they're conscious, you know, if you're removing a mole or a cyst or whatever it might be, uh, you don't want to say, oops. It, it doesn't give confidence in the patient. Now, I can tell you, I've been practicing 29 years, and uh, I have thought, oops, but I've never said, oops. You're wondering if I've said oops in your care, but uh, I'm not going to say. But I've thought it. God never says oops. He never says oops. He never makes a mistake. Praise the Lord. Verse 30 tells us this, that his way is perfect. And then, as I said, I alluded to, the last statement of verse 32 when it says that God maketh our way perfect. God, in these verses that we read, speaks of his way, and he speaks that we have a way as well. And for the most part, there is a real battle that occurs between God's way of doing things and our way of doing things. And as children of God, it should be our passion, it should be our desire that His way become our way. That His thoughts become our thoughts, His words, our words, uh, His actions, our actions. That we line up completely with God, not half-heartedly, not partially, 
but that we line up fully our lives with the Lord Jesus Christ and His Word. It's easy, is it not, to say His way is perfect when all is well. When health is good, when things are going well, when you have money in the bank or money in your wallet, when your bills are being paid, relationships are good, it's easy to say, oh, God is good. But may I say, whether things are going well or not well, God is good. Psalm 107.1, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he, God, is good, and his mercy endureth forever. So no matter what our perception of how things are going, God is good. And we must allow God's perfect way uh, to become our way, and the Lord is working in all of our lives on a daily basis through the reading of the Word of God, the studying of the Word of God, through circumstances in our life. He is trying to work in our lives to transform us so that in all that we do, we trust Him. Because it's so easy to get ahead of God. It's so easy to push God uh, when we need to relax we need to do our due diligence. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for work. I'm all for doing what we're supposed to do. Uh, but there are certain things that I cannot handle. There are certain things that I cannot manipulate. But God is able to handle. God is able to manipulate. And then those areas, I need to back off and say, God, it's up to you. And he's trying to work in us so that we trust him. It's either going to be God's way or it's going to be our way. And truly, if we decide to do things our way, there is really, for a child of God now, for someone that knows Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, uh, that has been saved, there's really no peace or purpose in life if you are not following God's perfect way. And there are, unfortunately, I believe, uh, many children of God, they, they've realized they're a sinner. They realize there's a payment on their sin. Uh, they realize Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is God himself, God in the flesh, that died on the cross for our sin and rose again three days later. And 40 days later, he ascended back to heaven to sit on the right hand of God where he is now, making intercession for us. We're saved. We're children of God. We're on our way to heaven secured, sealed by the Holy Spirit of God, but we are choosing to do our own thing on this earth, walk our own way, go in our own wisdom, our own advice, and not follow God's. And truly, that is a sad testimony for a child of God. And a child of God living after their own way, there really is no real purpose and peace in their life. They can be very frustrated. They can be very anxious and even depressed. I believe my personal opinion is that a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression, I'm not saying all, but I'm saying a lot of anxiety and depression within a child of God does boil down to a spiritual matter. And so we need to submit to God and pray that God's perfect way become our way. And so the first thing I want to share with you is found in the first six verses of 
Psalm 18, and that, and that is our God delivers. Look at verses 1 through 6 of Psalm 18. Psalm 18, 1 through 6, it tells us that our God delivers. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from mine enemies. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about, the snares of death prevented me. But here's what he did when all that transpired. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. David, in these verses, the first six verses of Psalm 18, speaks of the Lord in a very personal way. And may I say, we, we, we must be children of God. We must be saved, as I've already demonstrated in my message, but salvation is just more than going from hell to heaven. It's an opportunity that we have through the indwelling Holy Spirit to have a very personal relationship with God Almighty through His indwelling Holy Spirit. And David had that personal relationship. It's told of David that he was a man after God's own heart. I believe even though David sinned and David made terrible mistakes, I believe down deep in his soul, with his mind, his will, his emotion, the heart of his being, he was sensitive to God and desired, even though he made mistakes, underneath he desired God's will. He was a man after God's own heart, very personal. God wants a personal relationship with you. He wants to hear from you routinely, and he wants to speak to you routinely. David had that, and I see that underlying here in verses 1 through 6 of Psalm 18, and David having that wonderful personal relationship with God when difficult times come, as verses 4 and 5 illustrate, it's an awful situation, and to David there was no human way out of that situation. And what does he do? He, he flees to his God. I'm sure in this room with uh, all that are represented, many, if not all, have been in situations where there was no human way out. Just no way out. You tried to conceive in your mind a plan on how to get out of this situation, and there was just nothing that you could put together in your wisdom, in your knowledge, in your experience, and to a degree, it's a good place to be because you realize you're not the one that has the answer. And David understood that when he's talking about verse 4 and 5, being surrounded by ungodly, wicked individuals, compassed by hell. A lot of things were going on. People wanted his life. They wanted to destroy him. It's an awful situation. He cries out to God in verse 6, and the wonderful thing is, having a personal relationship with God, when David cried out, when you cry out to God, God hears you. And God is waiting for you, and he's waiting for me, to come to the place where we realize 
I don't have the answer. David came to that place uh, and realized it in verse 6. A place where you see no way out, nowhere to go in your own wisdom, in your own experiential wisdom, in your own knowledge, and you cry out, you come to the end of yourself, and as is found in the book of Psalms, it said that you come to your wit's end. It's not a pleasant place to be, but on the other side of the coin, it's a good place to be. I don't like to be at wit's end. But in another way, I do like to be at wit's end because when I'm at wit's end, I realize I'm at the end of me and I'm looking to God. And I cry out to God. And the wonderful thing, like I said in verse 6, when David cried out, God heard David. God responded to David. And as God responded to David, as David cries out because he's in this awful situation, and David realizes that only God can deliver me in this situation. David, in verses 7 through 19, which I'm not going to take time to read, but you can look at them later, David breaks forth into praise, recognizing God can do all things. And it is awesome when you are at your wit's end, when you are at the end of yourself, and you acknowledge it, you realize it, and you turn to God for help, you turn to God for deliverance, when there is no human deliverance available, and God comes through, and God delivers you, and God gives you victory in that situation, my friends, there is nothing that will stop you from praising your God. Because our God is great. Our God is awesome. I can't change your mind, but God can. I've seen it, where I, in my own thought process, said there is no way this individual will change their mind. There is no way in this world that this person's heart will ever be changed. And I have seen God change that thought process. I've seen God change that mind. I have seen God change that heart. And all I can do when I see God do that is praise my God. How wonderful he is. Our God delivers, does he not? As no one else can. He can deliver you from hell if you just trust him. And he will deliver you in the situation that you are in. Maybe not in your time, but in his time. Remember, we always say, well, I prayed and God gave me the answer, but it was late. God's never late. We're just early. God's always on time. Because, according to Psalm 1830, his way is what? Perfect. It's complete. It's mature. So not only does our God deliver, secondly, our God delights in us. And I find that fascinating. Look at verse 19 that our God delights in us. In verse 19, this is after David uh, praises God for the deliverance uh, that he gave him. In, in verse 19, it says, He brought me, God brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me. That's the first point. He delivered me because he delighted in me. 
God takes a special interest in you. I find that fascinating. Do you not? God delights in me. Spurgeon said, and I'm paraphrasing him, he, he said, there's two things I don't understand completely. is how God could love me and how my wife could love me. That's what he said. I echo those same words. How can God love me and how can Linda love me? I don't know. I'm happy it happened. God, the righteous one, the just one, delights in me? That should almost make us have a spell this morning. If you're one of his. He delights in me. He's personally interested in your life. Personally interested in your life. I've given you illustrations before how I worked through uh, my undergraduate years. And my first two years of medical school, I had my first year of medical school, I had nine weeks off in the summer. And my second year of medical school, we had six weeks off in the summer. And then the third and fourth year, they're 12 months, in a, you know, no, no time off from school except for holidays. And my undergraduate years, and then that nine, month, that nine weeks in my first year, six weeks in my second year of med school, I, uh, I, put shingled, I shingled roofs to, get, uh, to help pay the bill. And... I had a godly man that owned the business. And you've heard this before, but may I say it again? We would pray before every job. You say, you're just putting a shingled roof on. I think God's interested in what I'm doing. I really do. We would pray that his will would be done. You know, we are up on roofs. I enjoyed the 412 roofs, personally you can ride those easily and I used to scoot around on these roofs like nothing I would not want to get on one now but when you're doing it you know you become accustomed to the you know the slope and you know you know how to maneuver but then you get to a 712 or 812 and then you start putting boards up at the bottom God forbid you slip you want some brackets and a board at the bottom so that that catches you instead of the ground we would pray for protection. We would literally pray that we would have the right amount of shingles to finish the job. Because the last thing you do, you want to do is come up two or three shingles short. Because then you have to go back to the supply store and buy a whole bundle just for two or three shingles. And if you're in business, you know that's not cost effective. And we believe God was interested. And when we would get done with a job, we would pray and thank God for all that he did, for all that he supplied, for our protection. We were just sold on the fact that God was personally interested in our lives and in what we were doing, and we made that manifest in our prayer and in our life. And I believe Psalm 18, 19 is, is telling us a similar thing, that God delights in us. He's personally interested in your life. The Lord, it says in verse 20, rewarded me. Why does God reward us? Because he delights in us. There's a God in heaven 
who take special delight in your life. It's, it's easy to feel all alone, isn't it? It is. To feel isolated. Oh, I'm the only one serving God. Sounds like Elijah. I'm, I'm the only one that believes the right way. Right? There are plenty of people out there that still believe in this book that are still holding true to the principles and precepts of the Word of God. And God delights in you. You're not alone. And let's just say you were alone. God's with you. And He delights in you. I find that not only that God delivers me, that's fascinating that God delivers me, but that God delights in me, has a special interest in my life. That's encouraging that he delivers us, that he delights in us, that God loves us, and that he longs to do more for you. He wants to do more in you, and he wants to do more through you. And that is an encouragement that I do not want to do things my own way, as God's way is perfect, in verse 30, so I want God to make my way His way, make my way perfect like His way is, as we see in verse 32. And it helps to understand that God delivers us and God delights in us. Uh, but also thirdly, I find in verses 21 through 22 that our God directs. Not only does He deliver, and delight in us, but our God directs our lives. Look at verse 21 and 22. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God, for all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes or his words or his principles, his precepts, or if I can say, I did not put away his Bible from me. He's basically saying, I've, to the best of my ability, through the leadership and power, grace and mercy of God, I've stayed with the Bible. I've tried to live the Bible. I've tried to talk the Bible. I've tried to think the Bible. Because that is how God directs a child of God, is basically through the Word of God. And God will direct your life. He'll guide you and direct you if you let him. If you let him. He wants to. He'll deliver you. He delights in you. And he wants to direct you. That's why we need to passionately be in the word of God. Reading the word of God. Studying the word of God. Meditating on the word of God. Because that is how God through his word. Through the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. Will direct us into his will. Because we think. I think this frequently, and I'm sure you do. If you're honest with yourselves, we think our way is right. But according to Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That's why when I have a decision that needs to be made, I first and foremost seek out my God, asking for his will to be done, 
and saturate that prayer with the Word of God. And then seek out good godly advice uh, from other godly men that will be able to direct me, not according to their whims or the philosophy of the world, but according to the Word of God. And all that, prayerfully, as God directs, lines up, and I see the direction God would have me go. We have to realize we at least have to have the thought come across our mind, even though what I'm thinking sounds logical, it seems reasonable to me, I need to take my thoughts and, and compare them to the Word of God, because even though it might seem logical and reasonable in my own wisdom, it might be wrong and ungodly and unprofitable according to the Word of God. You know, I at least need to check my thoughts with the Word of God as I make decisions, because God wants to direct us. And that's why he says in verse 32 of our text, it is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. David sought direction from God, and God gave it to him. You see, in verse 32, I cannot make my way perfect. I'm incapable of doing that. But it says in verse 32, it is God that first of all girdeth me with strength, and then secondly, it's not me it's God that girdeth me with strength, and it's God that maketh my way perfect. It's not me. It's not George Crabb directing George Crabb and trying to make my way God's way. I cannot do that as I cannot save myself. I cannot sanctify myself. God saves me, and God sanctifies me. God sets me apart. God makes me more like Jesus Christ on, I pray, a day-by-day -day basis. It's not of me, but what I have to do is submit to God, submit to the Word of God, submit to the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God, and as I submit to God, as I submit to the Holy Spirit of God, then God not only girdeth my way with strength, and God maketh my way perfect. It's all of God that's how great our God is. David found God's way and submitted to God and God made David's way perfect. And that's what I want for myself today. I, I know because the Bible tells me in verse 30, as for God, his way is perfect. I had a transgender in my office a few months ago, maybe now a year or two ago, that uh, was for a first-time patient and uh, was bringing this up to me about feeling a different way than their biology stated they were. And they said they were Christian. And I asked them, and, and I, I, I hope I was very spiritual about it and compassionate about it. I, I asked them, do you believe God makes mistakes? And they said, no, he doesn't make mistakes. And I said, well, God made you a certain biological sex, and 
you now think that you're the other sex. I said, that doesn't, that's not consistent with what you just said. That God makes no mistakes. And the person said, oh, but in my case he did. God makes no mistakes. I don't care, and I do that with all sincerity and compassion, what you feel. You're wrong. God is right. God's way, according to verse 30, is perfect. And God delivers us, praise the Lord. God delights in us. Oh, my soul, praise the Lord. And God will direct us if we will submit to the word of God and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And when we do this, God himself will gird me with strength and God himself through his Holy Spirit will make my way perfect. My way can be his way as I submit to And so, you as a child of God can struggle going your own way. It's not easy, is it? I've been there. Trying to cut the water myself instead of letting God lead the way. Thinking I was a big bad boy, knowing what was right, what was wrong. You can struggle. Lack of purpose, lack of peace. Your passion is directed in all the wrong directions. Or you can yield to God and allow God to make his way your way. And what a blessing that is. And so, as we see in Psalm 18 and these few verses I share with you this morning, the first thing that you need to be aware of is God's way is for you to trust his son, Jesus Christ as his Savior. And it truly is the heartbeat of all these people here this morning, this church as a whole, that everyone in here knows Jesus Christ as their Savior. If you have any questions whatsoever about your relationship with Jesus Christ, as we have a time of invitation in just a few short moments, we'll be down in front, men with men, women with women, we would love to share with you God's way is perfect in regards to salvation through Jesus Christ. You can settle that today. And as children of God, some might be struggling out there. You're trying to, again, cut the water on your own, thinking you have the right way, uh, thinking that you're all good. Typically, I've understood this. When you say, when I say, I've got this under control, is probably the, the moment when we don't have it under control. You ever uttered those words? I've got this. I've got it all under control. Typically, that means I'm totally lost, and I have no, I have no idea what's going on. That's the underlying meaning of those statements, basically. Children of God, God's way is perfect. He makes no mistakes. Submit to his way and allow his way to become your way this morning. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, Thank you for this time. I appreciate, oh, so much the word of God and the instruction from the word of God. 
thank you for delivering us. Thank you for delighting in us. And thank you for directing us through your word as the Holy Spirit guides us. Father, again, we pray that everyone here knows Christ as Savior. If not, I pray this morning that they would submit to your way and accept Jesus Christ as Savior. For your children, may we just simply pray, God, your will be done. God, I want the way I'm traveling to be your way. I want to think like you, talk like you, act like you. I want my life to glorify Jesus Christ in every aspect. Help us this morning make good godly decisions. Help all of us leave here in your divine will for our lives. And Father, through all this, through your deliverance, through your delighting, and through your direction, may we glorify you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.